And I've done it already. I told you I bundled uh, New Year's resolutions this year. I bundled them because I knew that I was going to break some. So I want to keep some in existence. I guess it's not really a New Year's resolution, but I decided I'd do a dry January. That's done. It's done out of necessity. So what happened is I uh, bought a bottle of, uh, at the LCBO, a bottle of wine. It was a Chardonnay. I think it was Josh, Josh Sellers Chardonnay. It's pretty good. It's Californian. It's safe. Anyhow, safe because it's not going to give me a weird headache or anything like that. Yeah, I know. I'm there. It sucks. Anyways, I, uh, I opened it up over the holidays and it, it popped. It like, like, there's no cork. How is a bottle of screw top popping? And I tried it and it, just, it tasted off. And I'm like, I don't think this is, this is right. So I closed the bottle up again and I brought it back to the LCBO and I thought, okay, well, I've got the bill, no problem. So the woman behind the counter takes it, she opens it up and I said, well, I have the bill here. It's, it's off. And she's like, what's going on? It's off. And she has to stick her nose so far and she's whirling it around. I'm like, it's, it's off. I'm telling you it's off. And she's smelling it. She's like, does smell kind of vinegary. Yes, because there's something wrong with it. I'm thinking, do you not have a glass you can swish and spit? I mean, what? This is, shouldn't be a big deal. It's the LCBO. It was a bit of a big deal. I had to give her my name. I had to give her my license. I had to give her all this information. Anyhow, then she goes, like, what, what should, what, she has to type in a code of what's wrong with it now. She's like, what, what do you think is wrong with it? Should, is it, is it vinegary? To, would that work? I'm like, I don't know. Anyhow, she fills it out. And I felt like I was getting the runaround on this return. And I left. And this is where the dry January died because I had to open the, because I exchanged it. I didn't just get my money back. I said, well, I'll get another bottle, no problem. So I opened it up. I had to test it to see if it was off or not. And it was delicious. Anyhow, so that's one resolution down, or at least a dry January fail. But it was for an important reason. I had to check out the product. But I thought to myself later, what's going on? It seems like it's harder to return things. And it's not just my imagination. Because it seems like there's a lot of fraud going on out there. And according to a very newly released report from the retail organization of the National Retailer Federation of the United States, retailers have become increasingly focused on efforts to mitigate returns. And it's not just because of the volume of returns, because we're buying things online and we're getting a couple sizes and then we're returning both if we don't like them or one if we don't like them. So that's problematic. But they're also having a problem with, with fraud. And so I thought we should have a conversation about it because I think what was going on behind that counter at the LCBO is I don't know if it's what I look like or, or just if there's been a lot of problems with people refilling bottles partway and saying they're off. But I think I was getting the runaround because of uh, possible theft. Here to talk about it, Lisa Hutchinson, who is a retail strategist and consultant. Lisa, welcome to the Kelly Cutrera Show. Thanks for having me. So uh, as a... Uh, a percentage of, of sales returned. Uh, they are saying that uh, there's a lot of fraud going on. In fact, um, there is a type of return fraud that they say is very prevalent. At least half of the um, cited returns were used clothing. This is called mer- a wardrobing. It, it's not defective. They've just used it and now they want to return it. Yeah, that's exactly right. It's a new term. It is a new type of, well, it's not a new type of fraud, but it's a type of fraud that we are seeing much more prevalent than ever before. And these are 
you know, legitimate shoppers. They're not buying the product to, to um, you know, they're doing it with the intent to wear it and or, you know, whatever that usable is, as you say, in the in the case of the wine, you know, they're putting something else back in the bottle. So anything that's sort of consumable with the intention of actually returning it after its use. And so, you know, especially just coming out of the holiday period, we, you know, there's there's um, a lot of retailers are very uh, particular around holiday apparel mm. because that's, you know, sort of typically that one time use, um, you know, and it's been an issue in, you know, sort of party wear and so on, you know, keeping the tags on it and so on to try and mitigate um, this problem because it is uh, returns in general, as you said, have been growing, um, you know, in terms of total, it's almost 15% for, of, uh, um, of, you know, 15% for a retailer. And that's a lot. I was at Zara the other day and I was shocked. They have their own line at the checkout for returns. I'm thinking how many things are coming back? Mm-hmm. A lot are coming back. And again, it's a combination of whether it was purchased online or whether it was um, purchased in a bricks and mortar environment. So we typically do see that a lot from, you know, sort of the holiday returns. It is usually pretty busy. Um, retailers actually want you to return in store because it is an opportunity for them to turn that return maybe into a sale. Right. So, you know, they, they really do prefer that versus you just shipping it back. Um, but you're right. You mentioned before about online, um, you know, online returns, brick and mortar returns are around 10% of all returns, whereas uh, the online um, is more up around 17%. And that's, as you were saying, you know, people buy two sizes because they don't know what size to buy. So they buy one of each and then they return one. But all of this costs the retailers. You know, when you think about the fact that, you know, somebody's bought this product and it's been off the floor and they, the retailers lost the opportunity to sell it at full price. And so they return it uh, when it's, you know, so they, you know, in the fraudulent case of wardrobing, you know, they've they've worn it and then they return it. And, you know, it's either unsellable or they don't realize it's been worn um, for however they were able to do that. They, the retailer is still losing because it's been off the floor at full price and now it's heavily discounted. So, you know, it, it kind of comes at the retailer from different directions, one just from the fraud perspective, but then. Um, the pressure on margins when they do. And as you said, in, you know, Zara, they have to have a dedicated associate just processing uh, the returns. Yeah, I, I was reading that uh, the returns are just, uh, they're losing, they think, uh, $175 million to returns. Now, exactly. that's that's not a lot when you're talking about billion dollars of business, but it is a lot when you're, when you're talking about... Um, you know, shops trying to get by that might not be doing uh, robust business uh, like the bigger names. It's a lot to, for independent stores to take on. So how are they trying to mitigate? Because you don't want to turn people off by saying, look, if it's not exactly what you wanted, we won't allow you to return it. But how are they uh, trying to stem the bleeding? Yeah, I mean, the retailers these days have razor thin margins as it is. And they're, you know, their bottom lines are are super thin. So anything that detracts from that. So they're definitely looking at ways to discourage returns or trying for, for those that are shopping online. I think that AI and other kinds of technology is going to help with 
um, the mitigation, particularly of the online returns. In COVID, it was up almost as high as 30 percent in terms of the return rate because of the online shopping. So they're definitely looking at ways to be able to mitigate those through technology, through being able to, um, you know, encouraging people to try apparel on. And we're seeing getting a little stricter with online returns. What about restocking fees? Because I've heard about that. I have yet to uh, face one, but talk about that a little bit. Yeah, for sure. There, there's um, Zara has added even just a drop-off fee for returns. J. Crew in the U.S. We're we're doing a restocking fee. Abercrombie and Fitch have been talking about it, and it is that because you know not only as I mentioned before about the fact that the product has been off the the floor for several weeks, um, you know, even up to a month, but it is there. There is a dedicated associate. There's shipping fees associated with it. Um, so they're looking at different ways to mitigate that. So, you know, some businesses, rather than charging you that restocking fee, they ask you to become a member, um, a lo- you know, their lo- customer loyalty program and stuff like that. So that at least they're trying to figure out different ways that they can engage with the customer and uh, be able to reduce those returns because it is a huge pressure on them. Yeah, I understand they're also upping their uh, description. They're just making their websites more descriptive so you understand how things fit. I've noticed online shopping, they will now have a model filmed moving in the product so you can see how the fabric moves um, on somebody's body, which actually seems ridiculous to some people listening right now. But as a woman... Uh, sometimes it's not because you get you get the fabric and you're like, this is not this isn't going to fall right. This is going to be weird. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to see, you know, you're going to be able to create your own avatar and upload it. Um, I don't know if you've, anybody's tried to uh, buy glasses from some of these yeah. online retailers. And so you can get your picture and, you know, you can scan your whole head and you can you can virtually try on glasses. And I think we're going to see more of that in apparel and other categories. Lisa, it's been interesting uh, talking about this with you. I really appreciate your expertise and time. Yeah, look forward to a chat soon. Cheers. That's Lisa Hutchinson. She's a retail strategist and consultant. Somebody just said, Avatar, give me a break. Hey, look, they're going to try anything they can. And if uh, you can visualize yourself in it, you might buy it. Case in point, I sold a house. The person we sold our house to walked in and went, oh, I have the same kitchen table. My husband said she's going to buy the house. Why? Because her table was already in the house. She already knew what it would feel like. She was there. The same deal for the avatar.